We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mayo Bowl. I think this is formerly known as the Belt Bowl. And to bring you the information today, I got somebody who is uh, all day, every day Gamecock. He is from the Spurs Up show. He got over 2.3, uh, I guess 2,300 subscribers on YouTube, over 17,000 followers on Twitter. We're going to go ahead and bring Chris in so he can help us jumpstart this video. What's going on, Chris? Man, appreciate you having me, man. It's a pleasure to uh, to join you. Excited to talk some ball. And yeah, it's funny you say it's formally called the Belt Bowl. It is because the last time I was there, it was the Belt Bowl in 2018. That was my, my one bowl game experience in my entire life. And South kind of lost to Virginia 28 to zero. So I will be making my second ever bowl experience when I travel to the Duke's Mayo Bowl on December the 30th. And I'm I'm thinking this one's got to be better than the last one. I don't think it can get much worse, right? 28 to nothing getting blanked by an ACC opponent. So I'd like to think we're going to have a much more fun experience. Even if we don't win, it's going to be more fun than the last time I was there. But no, seriously, man, I appreciate you having me on. Excited to talk some ball for sure. No problem, man. Tell everybody where they can find you, your podcast, and all that good jazz. Yeah, so we have our website, thespursupshow.com. We're all over social media, man. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, We're even on TikTok as well. Uh, Twitch, you know, you can find our podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on YouTube, of course, like you mentioned. So, I mean, we're really all over, man. Anywhere and everywhere you can think of, anywhere you listen to podcasts, anywhere you go on social media. Uh, you know, I try to be as well-rounded as possible and try to hit every single hit people from every single angle. So like I said, really anywhere you can think of we're we're on there. So all right. And if you're on Twitter, you can find them at the Spurs Up Show. That's at the Spurs Up Show. It'll be yep. below. And it's gonna be it's gonna be at the Spurs Up Show on every single 
platform. So at the Spurs Up Show on every single platform. Yep. There we go. There we go. So, man, we'll go ahead and get right into it, man. Uh, um, like you said, uh, that last bowl game for South Carolina against uh, Virginia in the Belt Bowl. Uh, as a UGA alum and fellow SEC-er, it uh, wasn't a good look for the SEC, but uh, <laughs> hopefully this one will be a little bit better. Uh, so um, how are you feeling about Beamer's first year at South Carolina? Feeling great, man. Feeling great. I mean, you hit bulge, Goldie, like you mentioned. And uh, that, that was, you know, over the summer we talked about what would be a successful year one for Shane Beamer taking over the program in the state in which he did, you know, the previous regime. Uh, you know, South Carolina in 2019 and 2020 had won just six games in those two seasons combined. So for Shane Beamer to get this football team to six and six, I mean, it's a ton of turmoil and controversy and uh, just the roller coaster type of season it was. You know, I mean, you, you lose your starting quarterback in the preseason, Luke Doty, and uh, you have to play an FCS transfer. Or you get to play a grand to start fall camp and. And uh, so to get this team and navigate this team to six wins, again, it was up and down. I know a lot of fans are still disgruntled about Marcus Satterfield on the offensive side of the football because the offense certainly struggled. But, of course, your defense overachieved with guys like Jalen Foster leading the way, five interceptions, you know, an all-conference, con- all-American type of player. But, uh, you know, overall, when you look at it from the grand scheme of things, man, and you inject – you know, truly inject perspective – uh, I've preached on it a ton. It was a job well done. It is a job well done by Shane Beamer and his staff, man, to, you know, amidst, again, all the adversity, like I, you said, you know, you, you look at any other football team, man, in college football, you you lose your starting quarterback and you go into your third string quarterback for the last quarter of the season. Uh, not many teams are going to be able to navigate through that and recover from that. And for South Carolina to be able to, again, you know, did they win ugly at times? Yes. A lot of times they did win ugly. And Shane Beamer made the point. Uh, after the season, that in five of the six wins the Gamecocks had, they were come from behind wins. So for Shane Beamer, you know, I look at it this way. For Shane Beamer to hold this thing together, a first-year coach with this roster, again, these aren't his players he recruited. So this thing could have gone gone any which way after you get blown out against Georgia, you get blown out against Tennessee, you get blown out against Texas A&M. Things could have crumbled. Players could have started to go their own direction, say, oh, this guy doesn't know what's best for me. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, you know, if you've ever been in the locker room and there's a change of any sort, you know, you start to question things. No, Shane Beamer held this thing together, the culture he's building. Uh, everyone believed in one another, played for one another, fought for one another. And, again, you find yourself now, you know, it certainly didn't end the way we all wanted with the uh, the rivalry game against Clemson at home. But you find a way to beat Florida, beat Auburn. And who cares what state those programs are in? Because guess what? South Carolina was in a, you know, a very questionable state this year also. Somebody had to win those games. So for the Gamecocks to be able to take advantage of those, at home, and then again, shout out Jason Brown for what for what he did, uh, helping the Gamecocks get the eligibility and playing good football in those games. But to beat Florida and Auburn at home and get to six wins and and get to bowl eligibility in his first season again, it's a job well done. And again, it's something I think he he's going to be able to sell on the recruiting trail. You've already seen it with getting Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogger from Oklahoma to Columbia. So again, I, I think for the most part, I think ninety. 90- 7% of Gamecock fans are thrilled with how year one went. I think those who came into this season, you know, with realistic expectations, again, man, the over-under for wins was set at three and a half. And I picked this team to go six and six, three and five in the SEC, which is exactly where they finished up. But that was with a healthy Luke Doty. I mean, if you had told me Luke Doty would have would have missed the majority of the season, and then even when he played, my friend, would not have been healthy. I mean, he didn't take a single healthy snap all year. I probably would have picked this as a three or four win team. So for Shane Beamer – to be able to pull all the right strings. You know, he's the one that had to make the decision to 
<clears throat> put Zeb Nolan on scholar or put up, put him on the roster, and he's the one that had to make the decision to insert Jason Brown for them to be able to pull all the right strings and get this team to six wins, get to the bullet ability again. It's a job well done in his first year for sure. Okay, and uh, so anytime during this first year, like when he had to choose <coughs> Zeb Nolan and things of that nature, where you kind of like, I don't know if we got the right guy, or you was just like, I'm just gonna wait to the end of the season and see how it pans out. No, I, I believed in Beamer. Um, I, I believed in Beamer because, again, I, I, I didn't see – and this is no disrespect to him, but I, I didn't see Jason Brown as, as the answer, if you will. Um, I knew the kid had transferred him from St. Francis, FCS level, and just heard things behind the scenes that, you know, he just wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to go. And then Colton Gothier, you had the true freshman. He wasn't ready to play either. So, I mean, certainly it was an interesting move. It was a story that, that took college football by storm. And But you knew Zeb Nolan had, you know, he had an experience. He had background. He played at Iowa State. He played at North Dakota State, who, by the way, just won last night's going to the FCS National Championship. So, you know, he had played good football before. I, I never doubted Shane Beamer. And again, I, I think it would be silly and foolish to, to overreact to one decision, especially when, you know, when it happens in the middle of the season. It's like, hey, let's see things play out. Let, let's see what happens. And again, I'm a guy, man, innocent until proven guilty. You know, this isn't a this isn't a must champs this isn't a must champ situation where he had already been somewhere else and completely butchered the quarterback, you know, position. And you knew he was a guy who just completely destroys quarterbacks. I, you know, let's at least give Shane Beamer the opportunity to hey, he's he's a first year coach. He's going to be learning on the go. We said that a lot over the summer. You know, he's a first year coach. He hired a pair of coordinators who had never called a play at the Power Five level. So again, give them an opportunity. To, again, this is going to be a learning experience for them as well. You know, Shane Beamer is, you know, people were asking for the season, how good of a coach do you think Shane Beamer is going to be or how good of a coach do you think he is? And the answer is you just don't know because, hey, what happens when it's when it's fourth and one late in the fourth quarter and you're down by four and you're on the opponent's 40-yard line? What do you do? Because I don't think he even knows, right? You're going to learn as you go and you're going to sort of evolve into the coach that you're going to be. And, hey, Shane Beamer is going to be a much better coach in year five than he was in year one. At least we sure hope so. So, no, I never doubted those moves at all. Um, I mean, certainly, again, it was a very auspicious place to be in. But, again, when your starter goes down and you don't have great quarterback depth and you kind of just have to do what you got to do. And so I actually commend the coaching staff for, you know, doing maybe something that was a risk, taking a risk, and maybe the unpopular thing to bring a guy like Zeb Nolan out of a GA role and put him on the roster and make him your starting quarterback. So, no, it, it, it never, you know, I, I told people, man, and, you know, listen, I, I'm as critical as any, and I'll be very honest and blunt about the state of things, but I tell people also, man, I, I didn't put the guy's name on, on my merchandise to, to bail halfway through year one. You know what I mean? I, I'm, 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 I'm in it. I'm in it for the ride with Shane Beamer, and I believe Shane Beamer is going to make the, the, the best possible moves to the University of South Carolina. He wanted this job. He said it's his dream job. He's going to do everything in his power to, uh, to get this program where it needs to be. And I think it's really personal for him, and I think it means a lot. So when he makes those type of moves, those type of decisions, um, you know, they're not always going to pan out. You, you kind of just live and you learn. But, uh, no, I, I never flinched, never doubted Shane or what he was trying to do uh, throughout the season. That's what's up, man. And I think that's the consensus from any of the South Carolina uh, fans that I talk to anyway, especially my <laughs> – that's one of my best friends, uh, the guy, Jeff the Stat Guy, the guy that you on Twitter, man. Uh, he's a huge South Carolina fan, man. Now, he actually picked the, the Gamecocks with a healthy Luke Doty to go 8-4, and four, but I had picked him to go 6-6 six and six with two guys splitting the Florida and Tennessee game. I actually picked every loss 
like down to, I figured you would beat Tennessee, lose to Florida, or vice versa, and you guys did that. And like you said, it doesn't matter. That that's what I that's where I was at. I, I had actually picked a win over Tennessee and a loss to Florida. I picked like a one point loss to Florida, so I, I thought that was the best opportunity for sure for an upset. And I mean, sure enough, it worked out that way. But yeah, the the, the Tennessee one was definitely where I was the most wrong. I actually picked South Carolina to win the week of that game, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I felt pretty foolish when we we're down twenty eight to zero in the first quarter. So. Uh, Tennessee, though, give them credit, man. Heupel, they, they were a lot better this year, I think, than I than I expected. Hendon Hooker was far better than I expected him to be. So, but yeah, no, for the most part, man, the season, honestly, it went about how I expected. Um, yeah. Again, outside of the quarterback thing, I, I think the only thing that really surprised me, the only thing that really surprised me, was the the running game or lack thereof. Uh, I think that was the thing, certainly, that was the most disappointing part of the season. And but, but I didn't expect this to be a great passing team, even if Doty was healthy. I thought we were going to be a team that had to lean on the run game. So I tell fans, too, again, man, just continue to inject perspective. You know, perspective is my favorite word. I mean, if you'd have told me before the season the quarterback situation and how porous the run game would have been, and then you'd have told me South Carolina went 6-6, six and six, I'd have said, what minor miracle happened? <laughs> because, I mean, again, for the, for this team to get to six wins with as bad as the run game was, and, again, a lot of it goes back to Clayton White and the job he did defensively, and they, they were just – they were so far beyond anything I expected. So, yeah, I mean, I would say, honestly, the season – the season went about as I expected. And again, I, I respect the fans that in the preseason where we're picking the eight and fours. But I, I think a lot of that was getting carried away with the honeymoon phase and the hype of a new coach and the garnet glasses and stuff like that. Again, I, I think this team, this team was never an eight and four type ball club. This was a this was a five and seven, maybe six and six team. And again, so to get to get the six and six, like I said before, man, is is, is a is a fantastic accomplishment in year one. Yeah, I totally agree, man. And coming into the season, I, I actually thought the running game would be better too, but I think it was thrown off because of the health of uh, Harris, uh, Kenneth, uh, is it, uh, Harris at the beginning. Kevin Harris. Kevin, Kevin Harris, Harris at the beginning of the season. Now, uh, some of the South Carolina fans I talked to expected big things out of Marshall and Lloyd, but I told them to temper that because when you're coming off an of ACL tear, it normally takes about 18 months to get back to the old you. And um, right. Now, I did think that Quandre Wright was going to play a bigger part, but I don't think he got the ball enough, but that's just my personal opinion. But uh, yeah. especially once Kevin Harris showed that he wasn't fully healthy. So, like you say, I think Shane Beamer patched it together and uh, came up with some big wins during the season, again, regardless of how those programs were. So, And at the end of the season, I ain't going to lie, man, I, I actually thought y'all might have had a shot to beat Clemson. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we, we all did. We all did. We all did, man. <laughs> We all did. <laughs> we all did. So, man, we'll go ahead and get into some uh, just just some little random numbers, man. Before we actually hit on what's gonna what we think is gonna happen in the game, South Carolina's coming into the bowl season. Uh, twenty three bowls total, uh, nine and four bowl record. Last bowl was the twenty eighteen Belt Bowl, like you mentioned earlier. Lost to uh, Virginia. Uh, North Carolina's coming in bowl uh, record thirty five bowls, fifteen. And 20 in those bowls with a, a loss to Texas A&M in the 2020 Orange Bowl. Just a crazy stat, man. Uh, when I'm doing these bowl previews, man, I find that most teams have losing records in bowls. That's, it's like it's crazy like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, South Carolina, you mentioned it, man. We're 9-14 in bowl games. And we haven't been to a ton of them. I mean, South Carolina, I don't know if you realize this, man. I don't know how much you know about, like, the history of Gamecock football. We didn't win our first bowl game until 1995. Yeah. I mean, you think about how long, you know, South Carolina's been playing football for over 100 <laughs> years. They played football for basically 100 years. Yeah. Because I, I think they started playing like 1896. They they played for 100 years before they won a single bowl game. I mean, listen, I'm 
I'm as big a Gamecock as there is, but I can be very real and, and transparent with you about like our history and tradition or lack thereof on the gridiron. So, I mean, it, listen, and that's, that's, this is a whole other topic, all the conversation. Cause again, I told you, you know, off the air, the pre-show that, that a lot of our conversations move to, you know, the opt-outs and transfer portal and, and, and bowl season. How do you fix it? And, Man, I still say at the University of South Carolina, if you're a Gamecock fan and winning a bowl game is not a big deal to you, I think you're just completely misguided, missing the mark, because you've only won nine of them in your history. So, yes. yeah, maybe you're not winning an SEC championship. Maybe you're not in the playoff. Maybe you're not doing this or that. But, hey, you got the opportunity to get your your 10th bowl win, to get the double digits. So, um, but, yeah, that is interesting that most teams that have a losing record. I, I I doubt there's many that have winning records. I I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's Listen. maybe because you're playing an unfamiliar opponent, and a lot of times you are playing just better competition. So, I, you know, I don't know. That's an interesting stat for sure. It is, man. I think uh, so far uh, it was like it was a team that I didn't expect. I want to say like Maryland has – but they haven't played in a lot of bowl games, but they had like a winning record because right. they're like, I don't know, like 75 or something like that. But everybody that's played in gotcha. – uh, you know, a decent amount of bowl games has a uh, 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 not uh, winning record in bowl games. But what you, I didn't know that you know you guys didn't win the uh, first bowl game until like nineteen ninety five. But ninety ninety five Car Quest Bowl with Steve Tannehill at quarterback over West Virginia. Yeah. Got to, got to. I do, but I have lived through, uh, I guess, vicariously through some of my friends. Uh, plus, uh, my best friend played at, at South Carolina during the uh, Lou Holtz uh, days, uh, Jamel Kelly. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. legend. That, oh God, yeah, yeah man. Legend. Uh, so he was actually supposed to come to Georgia, but then we we uh, we hired Jim Dunning, and he then he then he, he then he then he came to Carolina and beat Georgia in two thousand and two thousand. Yeah, he did. You know, we had our little <laughs> back and forth about that, but uh, you know, you guys went through a little period there where you didn't win any games, so it wasn't a lot of smack talking yeah. going on. So. Yeah. Right, right, right. But yeah, right, man. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm with you, man. When you um. You sound like definitely like a realistic fan, man. Like if you South Carolina, yeah. especially you know, outside of those couple of years uh, with Spurrier, man. If you win in a bowl game and going eight and four, nine and three, like that's huge, you know. It's a fantastic year, man. I, I tell, I'll give you some more perspective, and I might I might butcher the number here, but South Carolina has only won nine or more games in its history. I think like eight times. So I didn't know that. <laughs> didn't to to yeah. So again, again, I, you know, I. I, you know, I am a very realistic man. The numbers are the numbers. Like you say, man, they're just statistics, whatever. And it's not an indictment on, oh, you know, Shane Beamer's doomed here or South Carolina football forever's doomed, whatever. It's a new era. It's a new age. And if you really want to talk about it, the Gamecocks have had the greatest 20-year run in the history of their program, what Lou Holtz did, what Steve Spurrier did. And, you know, nowadays, six and six is a bad year for some people. And I remember, you know, mid-2000s, like when Spurrier first got there, you know, not to sound like an old head or anything, like, go, dude, going six and six was, was, I mean, I'll never forget 2004 specifically, man, when South Carolina beat Arkansas to get their sixth win. It felt like we won the Super Bowl. I mean, truly. So, you know, it's, it's great that the expectations have, have risen and that the standard has risen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, make no, make no mistake, man. I mean, that, that's why I see some Gamecock fans on my platform and fans of the show and whatever, you know, the beauties and the banter, as we always say. But people that are freaking out over Shane Moore's first year and upset and irate and kicking and screaming, the Gamecocks went six and six. I'm, You know, my message to them is, and, again, this might sound really harsh but my message is listen you're not a bulldog you're not a buckeye you're not a trojan you're not a longhorn you're a game cop hey right now going six and six if you can win the bowl game and you went six and six you had a great year our our goal is not a college football playoff right now you yeah. know what i mean yeah. so i think a lot of a lot of college football fans and again i could go off on a long 
slant on this. A lot of college football fans just set themselves up for failure because their expectations are so astronomically high when right now, again, that's not to say don't wish for more and want for more, but right now there are four teams that will get in the playoff. Four. So, you know, not everybody's playing with the same trophy as Alabama or Georgia right now, which hurts to say. And I know, again, it hurts Gamecocks because your rival to the West and your rival to the North are doing things that have never been done before with Georgia and Clemson, but it is what it is. So, again, you need to worry about what's going on in your building. Let Shane Beamer work. And so, like I said, for South Carolina football, a program that doesn't have great tradition, hey, in the first year of a new coach after you won six games the previous two seasons, man, getting to a bowl game is a great accomplishment. And, again, it's all about now. It, you know, what happens in the bowl game, we'll see. But going in a year two, continue to build momentum, keep that positivity, build that culture. And it's it's going to be a slow grind, and it's going to happen incrementally. But if the Gamecocks, if the fan base, if those involved are willing to give Shane a time, I think there's a good, op- good chance that he can get this program to, you know, I'll tell you, man, just to be totally honest, my goal, if the Gamecocks could average eight and four over the course of a decade, I'd be thrilled, thrilled. And Shane Beamer would be the greatest coach in school history if he did that, believe it or not, because, I mean, that's just – you know, South Carolina has not had sustained success like that. And, again, if you're going eight and four every, let's say, three years, you've got the right quarterback or you've got the right roster, you, your schedule works for you, what have you, the East is down, and you can realistically compete to go to Atlanta and win an SEC championship, I think that's the type of program South Carolina realistically can be. I really do. I think that is realistic expectations for the South Carolina football program because Carolina's got all the facilities. they got a great fan base. You know, it's a great university. You can get an education. You can do everything you want to do if you're a student athlete at USC. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's realistic for the program. Then once you get to that point, then you can start to say, okay, what do we got to do to get to the next level? But you got to walk before you can, man. So, again, I think Shamir did a fantastic job laying the foundation in year one. That's true, man, and I'm totally with you. I think so many fan bases out there, regardless <laughs> of their level of uh, play, expect – they think their wants and expectations should line up. Like, you can want – you know, whatever, but your expectations got to be realistic based on what's going on in that particular season. So as a Georgia fan, I, hey, man, I got a lot of realistic expectations, man. Like, you know, I this sidebar, I think we're going to beat Michigan and lose to Alabama in the championship. I mean, it's just what it is what it is. I mean. We, hey, just to let you know, by the way, in the, in the preseason, you know, I, I picked all the SEC teams. I actually picked Georgia to go 15-0. and 0, So <laughs> I really thought, I was like, this is – well, I mean, I just like this is Georgia's year, man, and that defense is un- insane. So, uh, I tell you, G- Georgia would be the greatest thing since sliced bread if Alabama just didn't exist. Hey, man, I'll tell you, when you're doing your previews for Georgia, I always account for Kirby Smart. So, <laughs> 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 but anyway, man, let's uh, talk about North Carolina and South Carolina. The offense, uh, of course, is North Carolina strength uh, against defense, which, in my opinion, over these last 20 years, like you say, I think South Carolina's defense has actually been uh, the the stalwart for your program because I did a video earlier this year about the best players from South Carolina uh, since 2000 and the amount of defensive players that you guys have put in the NFL is absolutely ridiculous considering some of the years, like you say, you haven't had the, you know, the, the nine, ten win seasons, but... North Carolina's offense is averaging 36 points a game. You guys are only giving up 24, so something's got to give. You know what I'm saying? Their main thing is, of course, uh, Sam Howell. He's throwing, God, he's throwing for 478 yards per game. Um, you guys normally keep some good DBs. I always say that when we get ready to play y'all. Uh, and then you guys are giving up 356 yards of uh, offense in the air. 
And then they're averaging, God, they're averaging a lot. I'm sorry, that was 478 total yards per game, and you guys are giving up 356. 259 of that is in the air. But you guys are all are only giving up 176 in the air, 179 on the ground. So something's got to give here. And uh, I don't know what their opt-outs are. If you're a North Carolina fan watching this, uh, put in the comments who the opt-outs are. Uh, you, and then on the opposite side, I think they've got. I think they've got a defensive back that's opted out, but they haven't had many. I mean, that, the fact you know, again, on the note of Sam Howell, the fact the fact he's playing to me is surprising. that is uh, really surprising to me. Like I like we talked about earlier, man. Like if if you're not in the playoffs, I just don't see teams keeping up. You know, I'm not saying everybody's opting out, but if you're if you think you're going to be like a top three round player, those guys are like, yeah, we're going to get ready for the draft. So. The fact, the fact they right. don't have many opt-outs and you guys don't have many opt-outs, that's actually, you know, a pretty good testament to each of the respective coaches. Um, on, on, your, on your offensive side of the ball, who's starting at quarterback uh, for the bowl game? Zeb Nolan. Zeb Nolan will get the start again. Of course, as you know, Jason Brown, uh, after the news, that Spencer Rattler came out, which I'm still on cloud nine from that, man, the fact that we, we got our quarterback. But uh, – yeah, Jason Brown here in the news decided it was in his best interest to to hit the transfer portal and pursue other options. And I don't blame him. You know what I mean? I, I don't blame him. I put up a pretty strong opinion and put up a clip on that a couple of days ago about, you know, kids making the decision to to better their own situations. And thank God, again, we live in a country and in in an environment where people can do that. So, you know, wish him the best. And uh, I think Gamecock Nation will forever be indebted to him for what he did against Florida and Auburn and helping the Gamecocks get the eligibility. But, you know, he decided that I guess it's it's in his best interest to go ahead and get a jump on the transfer portal and start talking to coaches and pursuing other options. So Zeb Nolan is 100% healthy. He will start the bowl game. And Colton Gothier, the true freshman, will be his backup. So, of course, Luke Doty is still out. He had surgery on that foot. Um, do we see a guy like the carry-on joiner, maybe, who was once a quarterback that's playing wide receiver, come in for some wildcat or even just play some quarterback. I, I, I don't know. I, I doubt it. But, no, Zeb Nolan's going to be the guy against UNC. Okay. Okay. Zeb Nolan didn't do – he didn't do as, as bad as I actually personally thought he would do, you know, coming in. Uh, he actually was playing pretty decent against Georgia until uh, the guy stepped on his hand or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, that shouldn't be too bad. And then, side note, getting Spencer Rattler, I told my friend, once he uh, once he hit the portal, I figured you guys would get him since Beamer was his recruiter or uh, – involved in his recruitment when he was at Oklahoma. So that was huge yeah. for you guys. Um so on the offenses Yeah, no, huge. Yeah, huge, exactly. Uh, and the tight end, by the way, uh Stock yeah, Stogner. Stogner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That will be that'll be that'll be big time in 2022, man. I mean we we could spend the entire <laughs> segment or show just talking about, you know, that. I mean, I, I'll tell you the excitement level from Gamecock fans if you if you want to just get an idea. Uh I went live, a live reaction Monday night when that happened. And we had 2,000 people in the live watching it, <laughs> just like reacting, celebrating. I mean, it was incredible, man. Well, conversely, on the offensive side of the ball for South Carolina and the defense for North Carolina, North Carolina has given up a lot more yards than you guys are averaging. So that may help out. You know, you guys uh, are averaging 320 a game, uh, and they're giving up for over 400 yards a game. Same thing on the ground. You guys are averaging 123 yards a game, but they're giving up. 170 yards a game so um i think it's hey it's a chance for a win like i say and i'm i'm of the belief i don't like to be grouped in uh i'm personally don't like to be grouped when they talk about the carolinas i don't like to be grouped with north carolina i'm like they're their own state <laughs> like we're our own state i tell people all the time i used to have to tell people at college yeah. 
No, I'm not a Carolina Panthers fan. They're in North Carolina. They're not in South Carolina, and I don't like that. But that's my personal opinion. So how you see this game uh, playing out, man, as far as uh, if you're going to be able to score, keep up, you know, with the North Carolina offense? Yeah, that's the biggest question, man. Can South Carolina score enough to win? And I think that was the question moving week to week for Gamecocks football throughout the 2021 season. Um, you, you know, w- with the departure of Jason Brown, you know, I, I view this game, man, just a lot like a lot like every other game this season in the sense of you mentioned the defense and, and just kudos and a continued shout out to Clayton White and Torian Gray, the defensive backs coach. What they did with that defense, man, I mean, you mentioned the numbers. The Gamecocks rank in the top 10 in pass defense this season. I know they had some trouble stopping the run, but top 10 in pass defense. If you'd have told me that for the year, I told you were crazy because you lost a set. You had a secondary that lost J.C. Horn, Isra McQuamo to the NFL, John Dixon, Jamie Robinson to the transfer portal. And you had a bunch of guys what felt like a bit of a ragtag roster for back of, lack of a better way of putting it. And you gave up 260 yards per game through the air in 2020. So not only did you improve, I mean, you drastically by basically 100 yards improve so again I view this game though man to be honest with you very similar to how I viewed all the others this year in the sense of I think we know what to expect from the defense my biggest concern is stopping the run as you see UNC averages 5.4 yards per carry can you stop the run consistently enough to get them into obvious passing down the obvious passing situations where the, the type he expected from him but, uh, you know, he's still a player that, that can make you pay. You know, if, if you're allowing him to get in some second shorts and where it becomes unpredictable and they have the run-pass option, if you will, and you're going to put a lot of pressure and a lot of stress on your secondary. Of course, again, the Gamecocks defensive line, and you lose J.J. Barry, of course. He's declared for the draft. And so that's, that's a major blow for you. Guys like Zach Pickens, I think Jordan Burch is a guy, man, that, you know, only had one sack this year, and he was a former big-time, you know, Georgia wanted him really oh, bad. Real bad. Player and real bad. Just hasn't 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 really done much, to be totally honest with you. Has not done a lot since he stepped on campus. So he's a guy, man, you kind of look at and say, man, this is your, this is your time to shine. With J.J. Nibari being out, like, what are you going to do? Um, so you need your defensive line, of course, to play really, really well. You need that secondary and a guy like Jalen Foster to be opportunistic. They were very opportunistic throughout the season, led the SEC in takeaways. Uh, Jalen Foster, of course, leading or tied for the lead in the conference in picks with five. So I think your defense will do enough to give you an opportunity to win, basically just like they did throughout the rest of the season, but it comes back to offensively. Um, so abysmal throughout the year. You couldn't run the football. Football, you averaged, I think, 3.4 or 3.5 yards per carry. Like you said, I mean, on the defensive side, UNC is allowing 4.5 yards per carry. So you think maybe, hey, even with Andre White heading to the NFL, which would a boost he would have been in this game, but Kevin Harris is starting Lloyd. You got McDowell, which I feel like we haven't heard ever. You got, you got plenty of options in the backfield, man, to get the top play in this game all your top offensive guys are going to play and then Zeb Nolan uh, again does Jason Brown did Jason Brown give this football team the best chance to win yes I believe so because of the offensive line struggles Jason Brown certainly was much more mobile in the pocket than Zeb now again that's not to say that Jason Brown was anywhere near the mobility of a Luke Cody but he had just enough wiggle you know what I mean just enough wiggle was just mobile enough to move within the pocket get outside the pocket make throws on the run etc so your offensive line is going to have to be that much better against that North Carolina defensive front when protecting Zeb Nolan because 
call it for what it is, man, he's a statue back there. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. He's got concrete shoes on, and uh, he, he's not going to you know, mistake anybody to be a track star. <laughs> but I think he is a good facilitator of the football. He did a good job when he had time. Um, but, again, it, it just all comes down to can the, can the Gamecocks move the football consistently enough? Can they – and, again, on our side, can we run the football consistently enough to – because this is not an offense built to, and not many are, but this one especially – South Carolina is not built to win in third and longs, man. They're just not. If it's if it's if it's third and seven or longer, might as well just go ahead and call out the punt team because there's there's almost no chance they're converting or getting it. You, you can just pin your ears back to the defense. You can bring the pressure, bring the blitz, and you know things are going to crumble from there. It seems so. Um, you know, I I'll be very interested to see what the offensive game plan is. You know, Marcus Satterfield has been someone who's been very very highly criticized, very highly critiqued. Um, and, again, I think this coaching staff understands what it has to do. Again, like you said, something's got to give. UNC has not been good defensively. The Gamecocks have been less than stellar offensively. So, can you if you can get something going on the ground, if that Gamecocks running game can be the Gamecocks running game of old, then, hey, who knows, right? It's anybody's ball game. But you're going to have to score to win because your defense is going to do all they can. But if you're going three and out, man, Sam Howell's a good player. They've got yes. playmakers on the offensive side. Something's going to give at some point. So, I think to win this game, honestly, man, the Gamecocks, you've got to score at minimum 24 points. I think at minimum, UNC's going to score. You know, the irony, I didn't talk about it yet. I didn't lead off with this, but uh, the irony of this game, my friend, I don't know if you thought about this, but the last time these two teams played was Sam Howell's first ever collegiate game mm -hmm. in 2019 at Bank of America Stadium. And there's actually some irony for yours truly in that game because I don't know how much digging you did on my end or if your buddy told you. But uh, that game really served as the beginning of the end for the previous regime and Will Muschamp. And I uh, not so subtly went viral after that game in a bandana and wearing my gold chains and uh, tank top and sunburn and said, fire Will Muschamp, proclaimed fire Will Muschamp. And I was really the first one to, with any sort of platform, to vocally go on record and call for his firing. And uh, I, I, I went in on him in the video pretty hard. And uh, the video, you know, 35,000 views later was – all over the place. So the irony sort of of coming back to that building, this will be the first time I've been back to Bank of America Stadium and we're playing the same exact opponent with the same exact quarterback there. You know, it, it's a bit of an ironic situation. I'm thinking to myself, it's warming up. I might have to pull out the tank top and the bandana again, just for old time's sake. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, hoping for a good game, you know, South Gun has had some very impactful opt outs for sure, but it's just, it's all going to come down to offensively, man. Can you score enough? Can you score enough? Because UNC, again, you can hold them down for so long, but come on, man. You're not going to win the game 17 to 14. You're going to have to score 24, 27. God forbid, maybe 30 points. And I, and I do understand some Gamecock fans' pessimism, if you will, going to this game because you're coming off a 30 to nothing shutout against your arch rival. The good news is, though, the UNC defense is nowhere near what you saw in the Clemson defense. So, can you move the football consistently enough, man? That's going to be the question. That's true, man. And uh, like you said, something's got to give. Either North Carolina's defense is going to look better, or South Carolina offense is going to look better. Because well, and then what, what's and what's what's scary about that too, man, is something's got to give. And you know, the Gamecocks went to Columbia, Missouri, and took on Mizzou. And you look at the final score of that game, and you know, they lost by like two or three points, whatever. But Missouri had the worst rush defense in college football, basically. And the Gamecocks ran for like 57 yards. So, I mean, there, there's, you know, this is a South Carolina team. Who knows, man? They ran for 284 yards against Florida. I mean, none of it makes sense. 
just when you think you just when you think you've got this team figured out, they they pull a fast on you. So hey, it comes down to offensive line, and I know it's so you know just just boring to talk. Oh, it's a line of scrimmage game. Like, when, as you know, my man, as a football guy, we can talk. You know, up tempo, the more it's changed, the more they stay the same. And if you get your ass whipped physically up front, you're going to lose. You can whip your opponent. If you can impose your will up front, hey, those teams, the Alabamas, the Georgias, even the Clemsons, the, the elites, they are dominant in the line of scrimmage. They're dominant up front. So, you know, if, if South Carolina can impose their will up front and they can win that battle in the trenches more often than they lose – you know, again, as, as as boring and as old head as that might sound, that, that is what it'll come down to, man. If South kind of gets physically whipped up front yet again, if they, you know, if the Gamecocks rush for less than a hundred yards and, and UNC's just running for four, four and a half, five yards of carry, the Gamecocks will get run off the field. So that's what it'll come down to. And uh, not to get too far into recruiting, but you did mention, you know, the the trenches and how South Carolina hasn't been as good. Do you think Shane Beamer's uh, trying to address that good? You know, with this this past this 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 class we're going through right now and trying to get better in those trenches because, uh, like you said, the last couple of years, South Carolina hasn't been uh, that great, uh, on especially on the offensive line, not the defense line, but the offensive line. Well, yeah, the recruiting class for sure, man. They they, they signed a lot of guys uh, on the defensive side especially. You know, they signed six defensive backs in this recruiting class. Uh, some big-time defensive linemen as well. You know, a couple big offensive linemen, Cason Henry, Ryan Brubaker, you know, I think going into next year, just immediate help. You know, of course, the transfer portal is just – it's a reality now, and it's, it's a big part of college football. I think they're going to go try to grab a couple offensive linemen out of the portal. I've also heard some rumblings about some defensive guys as well. But, uh, you know, the offensive line needs a lot more help than the, than the defensive front. I just look at the defensive front, though, for the talent that they had this year. Um, they were much more porous against the run, in my opinion, than I think they should have been. Again, when you're talking about guys like Enigbari and the Zach Pickens of the world and Jabari Ellis and, and the Jordan Birches, and, you know, you just – you're like, man, where are some of these guys? You know, like at South Carolina, again, it's not like Georgia, unfortunately, where you're just getting five-star after five-star after five-star after five-star every single year. At the University of South Carolina, man, my biggest point is this. You don't get enough five-stars to miss on them. Yeah. So when you get the Jordan Birches, you get the Zach Pickens, hell, you get the Marshawn Lloyds. You, they better pan out because you don't get enough of them to, oh, they just go to waste. You know what I mean? So, like, that's been that's been something really disappointing for me, man, as a guy like Jordan Birch, man. I, I hate to just continue to harp on the kid. He's a great kid. You know, by all accounts, again, he, he was highly regarded and highly touted and highly recruited for a reason. But it just hadn't panned out for whatever reason. I mean, he had a big play week one. And, I mean, dude, he didn't have a career sack until, like, the 10th game of the season. I mean – yeah, wow. it's just, just a, and I don't know if it's you know JJ Nickbarry's hogging up all the all the big time plays, but man, he he has played nowhere near his full potential. So again, maybe a bowl game serves as his opportunity to sort of sort of you know burst on the scene and set up a huge twenty twenty two. You never know in these bowl games. Uh, you never know what might happen, but yeah, certainly I think they're addressing those needs, no doubt. I think they did a good job in the class addressing the needs, especially defensively, and I think offensively. They're going to focus a lot heavier on the portal. Again, you've already seen them do that with Rattler and Stogner. But, listen, Shane Beamer knows, man, you know, hey, you got Spencer Rattler, great. You ain't got nobody to protect him. It ain't going to mean a whole lot. So, <laughs> they've definitely got to go out and, and get some O-linemen, and I think they will. 
I definitely agree with all that. Well, good thing about Spencer Rattler, he's a little bit more mobile than anybody you've had he here. Is. So, um, but uh, I'm with you on the Jordan Burst. Georgia did want him really hard. I think it came down to the final hour, and he, mm-hmm. you know, he went with South Carolina. And actually, I mean, at one point, Georgia wanted Zach Pickens. You know, and those five stars, like you say, you don't get them a lot, so you can't really uh, miss on those guys. Um, but. Hey, man, I'm with you on the pre- prediction, too, man. I Honestly, it's hard for b- bowl games for me because we don't know what the mental state of the players are going to be. Like, if they really want to win, then they come out, you know, or if they just want some swag, they just want some swag and a free trip, then it, it could turn out, you know, either way. So, Well, that, that's what makes that's what makes picking, you know, we're, a lot of us are in, like, college bowl mania pick'em groups. You know, we all love picking the bowl games. That's what makes picking them so hard. You know, think about it, man. If you had already like locked in on Pittsburgh right now, I mean, what what are you thinking? Man. You know, what are you thinking? <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it's like you just you just don't know what is the motivation factor of teams. I can tell you this: I fully expect South Carolina to come out and and play with intensity. And, and you know, I at no point did I ever feel this season our team was, you know, we we were we were dragging ass or lollygagging around or weren't giving a hundred attempts. Even when we were getting blown out, you know, that was something I think a lot of fans were really proud to see. Is our guys continue to fight. They continue to fight for Shane Beamer. And it goes to show you what they're preaching behind closed doors um, is working. And guys are buying into it. You know, you look at UNC, though. They, they didn't have the type of year they thought they would. So no, what's, they the, what's the motivation What's the motivation factor for a North Carolina to come in? And, and they're playing the Gamecocks and the Mayo Bowl. I mean, <laughs> maybe they come out flat and South Carolina is able to take advantage. I mean, you just never know because, again, these are 18- to 22-year-old kids. I mean, it's just unpredictable. You never know. They, You know, they, they – uh, Something as silly as getting in a fight with their girlfriend can impact their play on that Saturday. You just don't know. You just don't know. So, um, you know, I uh, I think the Gamecocks, I know the Gamecocks will show up and play their tails off. And, you know, winning a bowl game would, would be huge momentum. Steve Spur used to preach on it all the time. You know, when you win your bowl game, it just makes everything better, man. Spring ball, summer workouts, yeah. the optimism going into the next season. You know, when you can win your last game, it's a big deal. So, uh you know, I think I expect South Carolina to come out and play the right way and fight and battle and fight scratching the claw. And, you know, we'll just see if it's enough. I, I'd love for UNC to decide to not show up and just want to get the, uh, the the belt shopping spree and give us the W. I'll gladly take it. Well, with all that unpredictability, man, your best guess, what do you think the score is going to be? Funny, man. You put me – I actually haven't haven't locked in a score yet. You put me on the spot. But but right now, um, you know, I, I do think South Carolina, like I said, will come out, battle, play the right way, fight, scratch, and claw. And I think it will be a back-and-forth game. There's a lot of familiarity between these two schools and these programs. And, hey, it's a big opportunity for South Carolina and really both schools, but for the Gamecocks, playing in the city of Charlotte. You know, Charlotte's a huge recruiting territory. And you know, I think that's something South Carolina's going to need to do is start to take back the state of North Carolina from Matt Brown and what they've done. And, because you go back over the history of South Carolina football, man, especially in the last decade, uh, some of the best Gamecocks have come from the state of North Carolina. You think of the Pharaoh Coopers of the world, and, you know, there's a long list of others for sure. But it's it just for me, with the opt-outs, with Zacondre White, the questions on the offensive line, Zeb Nolan being the starting quarterback, I, I just don't know how South Carolina moves the ball effectively enough, consistently enough to keep up with UNC. Um, I think your defense, again, will – um, uh, you know, do what they've done all season and give you a chance, give you an opportunity. But again, at some point, Sam Howell is a good player. He's a good quarterback. You have struggled at times stopping the run this year. And for those reasons, again, man, I, I just I just don't know how 
offensively, the Gamecocks are going to keep up with the Tar Heels. And I hate to say that, but I, I got UNC winning this one, this one again. I think it's a back-and-forth game. But, uh, you know, I think the Gamecocks will cover the spread. But uh, I think UNC does get the W. I'll, I'll take uh, – this is, again, just off the top of the head. I'll say Heels 27, South Carolina 20. I think it's a – I think it's a, I think it's a close game. I really do. I, I don't I don't think either side is is going to you know pull away and it be some blowout or whatever. And again, I think the game cocks. I think Zeb Nolan will play quality football. But can the game cocks run it? Can the offensive line get enough of a push? They haven't shown against anybody this year. By the way, they can do that. And again, UNC at some point, um, you know, they're going to make plays. Sim Howell is a good player. Like I said, he's got weapons on the outside. So. I think UNC just got a little more than South Carolina right now, and I think they get the 27 to 20 win. Okay, I can definitely go with that, and that's kind of my sentiment. <laughs> I think actually uh, South Carolina, this bowl game kind of, like you said, means more than it does to North Carolina because North Carolina had, uh, you know, bigger expectations coming in with a lot of returning players and pick to win the U, uh, ACC Coastal and all of that. And Sam Howell was a Heisman Trophy candidate at, uh, you know, preseason, all that stuff. So I think South Carolina will come out and be a little bit more charged up. And I, I mean, even to the point where I, I wouldn't be surprised to see South Carolina up at halftime. Uh, but I'm kind of like you. Eventually, uh, I think Sam Howell is just too much because he can throw the ball, and he's like I think he'll be much much more of a threat on the ground. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, because he can run the ball too. So I, I got him winning like 27-17, something like that. But uh, like I say, don't be surprised if South Carolina's up at halftime, and then don't. I mean, again, you, you never know, man. Like I said, the motivation factor. I mean, it's just you just never know. That's what makes these bowl games. You know, again, unpredictable, really fun, but it's. I, I think too, a lot of it, man. It's 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 so hard to pick the Gamecocks to have some offensive outburst after they just got shut out. Um, so, listen, if South Carolina's going to win this game, I think it's going to have to be a twenty-one to twenty, twenty-four to twenty-one. And I just, I just like you're saying, man. I just, I, I, I love our defense. They've been incredible all year. I don't think you hold them down that that long to that low of a score. I think for the Gamecocks to win. They got to score at least 24, probably more like 27 or 30. And I, I just don't think right now you have the firepower to do so. Well, there you have it, people. Chris from the Spurs Up show, right on the spot, what he thinks may go down. And, of course, uh, you know, we still got another week or so for these bowl games. So a lot can change. You know, somebody could choose to opt out tomorrow for all we know. But uh, we want to appreciate you coming on, Chris, man, and uh, talk chopping up the Duke's Mayo Bowl, formerly, formerly the Belt Bowl with us. And uh, for everybody out there in YouTube land, don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe for more content. Check out Chris and the Spurs Up show anywhere on Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, TikTok. It's all the Spurs Up show. So do that for them. And don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe for Chris and the Spurs Up show. This is Coach I and the Fanatic. Right.